With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Suck United Talk Time on Podcast. This week I'm chatting to long-term and long-distance supporter Gerard Hull and I'll also catch up for our chairman Bruce Elliott. Firstly, his useless cities with their single Couldn't Ask For More.
Useless Cities with their single Couldn't Ask For More. You can follow them on Twitter, which is at Useless Cities, or as usual, it'll be on the Featured Artist page with all their social media links at www.suttonpodcast.co.uk. Now it's time for my first guest. So welcome to Jared Hull, as I said, long time and long distance supporter. Hello, Jared. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Can't complain too much. Top of the league, you know, well, second of the league, so the world's good, isn't it? You know? Everything's going well. Now, you're obviously going to be known to quite a lot of people, um, being, as I said, long time supporter. But for a few people that don't necessarily know you, could you do us your little introduction? Could you just uh, sort of tell us, well, who are you? I'm Jared. I'm a, a long-term South I've been supporting the club since 1994 when I was eight. Uh, I currently live in Swansea in South Wales. I travel as many games as I can, but at least two, three games a month, home or away. Got a season ticket holder. Uh, I eat like pies. Um, some people know me as, as Pie Man, perhaps. But, you know, I was, try as much day you can find me behind a goal, shouting very loudly. Well, as you say, you do travel from Swansea, um, so you're... you're possibly I mean a few times when we've had some big games we've had people come over from Australia who I think they beat your overall distance and last week I think we had someone come down from near Aberdeen was it? I don't know so we, had, we had Rory came down from from Darlington he's a uh... He tries to get about seven, eight games a season, mostly mostly ways. I think he said his next game's Halifax away. But yeah, he, he came down from Darlington for a Saturday's game. Yeah, but overall, over the season, you must be our, our most distanced traveller, a, a supporter, I'd say. Yeah, because my, my nearest away game, my nearest Sutton game is Wrexham, and that's about 100 plus miles away. Yeah, I, I remember meeting up with you at the late Norian game. You'd had a sunk up four, four o'clock, 4 a.m. start. Is that about normal? That's, that's normal. I... Because I'm a bit tight-fisted when it comes to um, 
travel bans, what have you. I'd rather catch the coach than catch the train because trains are ex- extraordinarily expensive, where the coach is relatively cheap. So um, there's a coach, normally catch a coach about 6 o'clock in the morning to get to a game. So that means getting up about 4, 4.30 uh, most, most of that day. Sometimes I trip myself to a lane and get coached at 20 past 7, but then I'm rushing it to get to the game. <laughs> and as you say, you've been supporting for uh, quite a long time. So what's that, 94? That's you're getting on for the 20, 24 years. 20 years, 20 years. 20 years. 24 yeah. years this month. And you were, um, at one time, you you were almost the youth element um, at Sutton. I remember when you were sort of in your teens, there weren't that many young kids around. No, no, it's a, uh, I mean, the Cubs are a completely different beast than it was um, 15, um, than it was, you know, in two, three years ago, but definitely, I know, in the early, late, late 90s, early 2000s, completely different beasts. Um, well, back then for having quite an older sport element, you know, quite a few old boys, especially standing on the terrace opposite the main stand. But it's one of the best things about the last few years is the increase of support of all ages, especially amongst those quite a bit younger than myself. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken at length with lots of people, but it's, it's got to be the season ticket value. I mean, said to loads of them that £20 to come and scream and shout every week and not, not get whinged at is less than a pound a game. It's amazing, really. Yeah, I mean, 20 you know, £20 a month up pocket money you know so say easy to save up for and that's up to the age of what 19 now to yeah a 20 pound season ticket that's that's fantastic i mean back when i was uh when i was younger it was 25 pound if you're if you're a kid if you bought an early season ticket but i think the market is a lot a lot better nowadays as well i think the club pushes itself out a lot more than it did again back in the early part of the century and, and even in the late 90s you know it's been a club put itself out a lot more does then and which is good you know and we, we, we're reaping awards off the pitch at least well it must it must be you're right it must be the marketing because i genuinely didn't know it was that cheap price <laughs> prior to these these offers so it, it is all about them how it's presented one of your claim to fames chanting came up with one of the chants well no, i well well a few of them actually i think yeah, a few of them. Well, my, obviously, the, the most famous one is the Dundo's going to get you. Um, we've, like, for years, for, try and think of a, a appropriate Craig Dundas chant and just, you know, the advert where Bailey's going to get you. So it's like Dundo's going to get you because he's a big, imposing guy who's chasing around the field and just caught on. I think one of the proudest moments is seeing that on a on t-shirt and sticker form yeah you know, so it's like it's like yeah that's that's me i think i'm my first sort of fan to cotton onto deacon on uh, deacon on fire would have been goes quite scans quite well and then see the video of, like those people in the bar scene after leeds game was like yeah yeah, yeah quite, quite <laughs> i was like a proud like you know artist obviously these are probably you know chance that you know probably done by lots of clubs but you know still kind of a proudish i suppose <laughs> well i was going to say that i mean we we've um there's been various discussions on different medias and stuff about some of the chants and well I am an old middle-aged git I suppose but some of it is I like the nice original ones that are more to do with Sutton than just the generic ones that you just fit in that you see on YouTube loads and loads of people doing yeah I mean I think the reason why the ones on YouTube you know generic ones you know are quite popular because they're they are easy to see and easy especially a group large group of people and because they are you know popular I mean People catch on, you know. Um, talk about the 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 on fire chart, you know the yeah the whole viral sensation of Wilbur's on fire. You know, you see that. I remember watching Wales at Euro 2016, and people jumping around singing that song, and it was just like, you know, and it was it's like two years down the line, people were still doing it. So this is what we're saying again, you know, kind of things. I think I mean we suppose we had some visual chance at Sutton, but you know, we I mean everyone tries and. Fair play to, especially to the guys from the goal now. They they are trying 
especially with a chance towards Sutton, which, you know, a good old, I do think Doswell still is a wonderful, but, you know, fair place and they need to try. <laughs> it, it does and it doesn't. You can't, you, you can't. To be honest, to be honest, I mean, I made a big point of it, like not joining, but just like, oh, terrible, kill it with fire, whatever. But towards the end of the Leeds game, I was joining with that chant. It was just like, all those things you just want to, you know, join in it. Just, I, again, I remember watching um, after the Tranmere away game, and there was like, um, watching the highlights next day and interviewing Doz, you can hear the kids singing the Doz World Wonderwolf song. It's like, you know, it does sound, Ugh, but at the same time, it sounds impressive. You know, it still sounds like at least they're trying, at least they're making a noise. It's, that's a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, for, for many years, I mean, I, I, I freely admit I'm one of those I will stand and watch the game and I rarely, rarely join in. And I just, I'm very self conscious and I kind of don't do it. And it's like that with a lot of people, I guess. And it was a struggle for a long time for people to get the, the noise going. And it is much, much better than it, than it has ever been. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I know they, there's, there's various criticisms here, there, and everywhere. But to, to be honest, it's much, much better. One we'll probably move on to is um, the Bromley. I mean, I was I think about this. Now, I've had conversations with a couple of kids who sing this, and like, yeah, I can understand where they're coming from, but for someone like me, I, we didn't play Bromley between, the, between when I turned 14, and I, when I was, next time we played Bromley, I was 22 in the league, and then we didn't play again until like a few years after again in the league, we just didn't play them at all. So Bromley are a non-entity as far as I'm concerned, and I can stand the last couple of years, uh, like, we were arrived, but I just, I can't, I can't see it. But then again, I remember a few years ago, we used to, Especially when we used to play them, we used to sing a lot of anti-carshaw and stuff during the games. And it used to be, you know, quite a lot of it anti-carshaw and stuff. So I can see why they really care about Brom, but it's just not something I could ever, yeah. ever care about. I mean, that, even when we beat them at their pace back in August, it was like it was a good win because we went top of the league. But that was about it, really. Yeah, I mean, even that Carshaw song. Sometimes I, I, I hear it still coming out, and I'm like. Do you know what? We haven't played them for such a long time. We're not playing them. I don't care about Gar Shorten at this moment in time. I don't care about Bromley because we're not playing them. When we're playing them, like, yeah, by all means, sing yeah. away. It's just I mean, the ones we're not playing. I think, I think the older I get, I get into, I know, in the 30s now, so I get into old man, old fart territory. I, you know, I just don't think it's necessary to sing songs about rivals, especially during games. I don't think that's the kind of thing that would G out the players, you know. You know, a couple of people were, and I were joking about this on Saturday that the reason we, you know, there was a comment made somewhere that weren't enough people seeing get space or something, which you know, probably affected the team. Yes, because not hearing how much we hated Bromley was the reason our players weren't G'd up against Maidstone. And, yeah. But, you know, but, I, mean, I, can understand, I mean, I can understand that someone's going to get quite a area on, on money, which is, we're playing them, so it's kind of, you can see yeah. where it's going to come no, from. But. Absolutely. And the build up, and it probably it'll be on against Maidenhead as well, because it is going to be the next the next game at home. But for, for moaning, and I sound like I'm moaning, it, it is a million times better than it used to be, where it was. Yeah, no. It, was silence so um any I mean, young, younger guys listening yeah not my cup of tea not yeah, not... I mean, yeah but 99% of the time it, it's great you know 99% of the time it's great I mean there's sometimes where it can get personal towards individuals which again I don't like perhaps because I'm just older a bit more nicer I suppose as a person but a bit more you know but um, against teams but you know it's great I, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes in the shower I'm just humming the songs along you know all my <laughs> way to walk I'm, I'm seeing you know seeing, you know, singing along to the chances and walking you know it's they, you know it's, it's a positive and I, it's just 
such a good feeling to go to the sun and to hear people sing. Have you seen that guy on YouTube, that James Beardwell, that Wyvern Town fan? Yes, yes. That's so what I watched. It was like, that was me about. <laughs> well, maybe not, not quite, because you know, I had a couple yeah. of people like Sal and stuff joining as well. But I can almost relate to him how, you know, back in back in the day. But now you've got like loads of people joining in and it's great. You know, when we went to Leighton Orient, all, everyone was joining in, you know, with China and stuff during the game. And that was, you know, that's a, that's a positive, again, one of the great positives, I think, of the last couple of years of Doswell Revolution, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And you actually, both Facebook and Twitter today, where um, it was 10 years ago today, relegation was basically confirmed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing to think how far we come in 10 years. Yeah, it's completely butterfly effect. Change one thing, change everything. And does has been that change. Yes, yeah, um, I was working out something else and we've had something like four playoff places or like we didn't do so great in the playoffs and uh, we've had two championships in the nine full seasons and obviously this season we're either hopefully we have a championship or or a playoff place um, yeah. which is amazing when you think about it that we finished in that position in, in 10 years we finished in the top sort of five or six in the division I mean one of those years we just literally just missed out on the playoffs as well so seven yeah. is really we finished in the top six one of the other seasons we did in the playoffs we got to the FA Cup fifth round yeah you know last season you know if only three of those is at nine full seasons we haven't made the playoffs and one year we just missed out on the last well more than last week of the season the other one was got to the fifth round in the FA Cup there's only been one tough season and and then three seasons of greatness afterwards. So almost untouchable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been ridiculous the last three seasons. And I spoke earlier on to someone, um, and AB said a couple of weeks ago, it's been the perfect storm of the yeah. season ticket thing with the great seasons we've been having and got the crowds bigger and bigger and bigger. I spoke to um, Bruce Elliott and he was saying one of the things he's most happy with is we seem to have retained a lot of people from the cup run. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll say, I remember you mentioned it to yourself the other day, one of the best things about the cup run, I think this cup run last season was far bigger than even the Coventry Cup run because of the exposure the club's got across the world because there's so much more exposure via social media, it's more 24-hour TV. It's like the world's completely different. That's exposed people a lot more. I mean, and definitely seen the crowds jump so much since the Cup run and they've stayed and they're, they're becoming loyal. They're going to away games and stuff. It's, it's a fantastic. Yeah. And, and one of the nice things I saw what I talk about long distance fans uh, at the Wrexham game was I just stand over like shake Jenny's hand, Jenny Giraffe's hand, because I have a mascot thing. And I speak to a couple of people next to me. They travelled over from Italy for that game, and they, they've become recent fans. They've you know, heard about the club again because of the cup run, and the team actually paid us in the '79 Anglo-Italian Cup run. And they emailed the club, coming over to a game, and the club's treated them to a game, and then they come off their own back again. You know, it seems like that. You know, the exposure for the cup run plus the club's general attitude, I think, has um, been people staying. Yeah, I, I kind of personally am. At first, um, when I'm sort of thinking these new people coming along who are obviously used to Premier League and some of the little comments used to really just grate on me and I'm like, I want to kill everyone. But you can see them coming back now, coming back now and you think, no, you know what? You're getting into it. You're buying into it. You're not just thinking, oh, ha, ha, it's little old Sutton. It's, this is my club now. It's definitely, a, I think one of the best things about the club, the way it also, you know, we're getting all these Premier League fans, people have been priced out of like watching Chelsea or you know, even Palace or, you know, Arsenal or whatever who come in to watch Sutton because they're from you know they live close to the area they're aware of the club because of the cup run they're aware of, and also because of the way we 
marks ourselves in the season tickets and it's a friendly atmosphere and they're, they're coming back and they're enjoying it and it's, it's fantastic yeah it's the, it's the friendly um, family atmosphere I've spoken to a few different people about different things because it, it's kind of like yourself sucked in it's not it tends not to be one of these things that you sort of pick up and wander off you, 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 you're in for life really <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just like you know it's it's scary then once once you're in you're in it's like it's 10 years ago it would be like oh why but you know this then next 10 years like yeah this is i'm glad i got glad i'm you know it's for life you know this is why and uh, some of those poor youngsters or the new new fans who have only just been supporting the last two or three years they could be in for a shock at non-league football <laughs> or league football even hopefully <laughs> i mean there's always that fear that you know one day this could you know we are on a, on a good times but you know um, we've got to prepare also prepare ourselves for you know for, there's always ups and downs of football. I mean, look the classic cases probably, probably Manchester United. I mean, look at all those years of the Sarts Ferguson when they won trophies off the trophies off the trophies, and now you know they're looking up at Manchester City. They're, they're one season they finish out with Europe altogether. It's just you know, they just and I, some of their fans just aren't coping. And how so? We just got to a case of hopefully these new fans realise that you know is it always going to be like sunshine and, and flowers you know one day we might finish temp yeah. or, or finish just or finish like just a relegation zone and celebrate like it's the World Cup winning the World Cup you know you, you might not re- remember or anything but Man United fans had about 25 years of nothing before they started winning all those trophies yeah. so it's, it does yeah, no, go, no. it goes in these little cycles yeah so again United you know Liverpool again, you know, dominating in the 70s and 80s, haven't won the league since the year I started primary school. So, yep. Margaret Thatcher was primary school when Liverpool last won the league. That's how they'll go. Liverpool <laughs> being champions of England, you know. Right, so just um, some thoughts then on the hard work we made of it of, uh, against Chester. Uh, what were you thinking? What were your thoughts on the game? It was a necessary hard work. The first half, we were the dominant team. I think we um, perhaps could have turned the pressure on a little bit more. And perhaps I think the first half was, they were so poor. We just did what we needed to do in the first half. You know, two goals. Um, they weren't the best goals in the world, scrappy goals. But, you know, it is what it is. Got any goals to go, you know. I would have taken a scrappy deal 1-0 before and and anyway second half I think once they got their first goal back their heads picked up a little bit and again I think it was just after Jamie Collins but they got their first goal wasn't it I think I, so yeah yeah I think again one of the problems we've had in the last I noticed that we generally tend to go concede after we rearrange our formation a little bit so we take time to Perhaps two or three minutes to gel in, and at two or three minutes we can concede goals. That's cost us a few times this season. Fortunately, on Saturday it didn't, and we're not Rostern goal. It was a uh, beautiful. I remember just turning around to Handy or someone just before we scored. It's like Stone's had a great game today, hasn't he? He's been fantastic. And turn my head round five ten seconds later, boom, back of the net. So I'm kind of claiming credit for that. But no, I mean the penalty. From what, I haven't seen the highlights since. From where I was standing at the time, it looked like a penalty, but I can from comments made since and from people who agreed with me at the time that it wasn't a bit too, you know, a bit more of a dive than, than I first thought. So, it's but a generous then, penalty. Generous penalty. <laughs> but I think, I mean, it was a bit nail towards the end, but we defend as a unit. And I think last season we would have drawn that game through. So I think that's the difference between this season and last season is we know we're not, cons- you know, we're not dropping points, so many points right in the games. We're, you know, if we're conceding, if we're in a winning position and then that's two goals up and concede a goal, we're not, has don't drop completely. We see the game out. And I thought that was a, I think about, you know, a lot about the York game last season at home where we were cruising at 2-0. They scored two late goals to get an undeserved draw. Mm-hmm. And Saturday was when we think a lot about that, but at the same then 
we just saw the game out. So you can see the difference in the side. One, one of the best things about this, this club, this team, this season is the way they fight to the end. I mean, how many late goals have we scored this season? And then, and, and again, we saw that that fight, you know, that dogged determination on Saturday, just to get the ball out, as, you know, as far as possible, just to see the result out. Again, no, no nothing fancy, nothing, no, no, no fancy down work. Just get the result and we you know work hard and that's why we are where we are well, exactly and um, talking of late goals we then all listened in to the gateshead and a horrible late goal <laughs> it's the hope that kills you isn't it <laughs> i mean it's, it's, i think i mean how many people thought the whole whole game that max will gonna win that though you know it's a hope against hope and long one someone's like yeah i could do it but when they did score it's like yeah you kind of saw it coming i mean judging i mean i was i wasn't listening in but i was on a Twitter feed for the boats of the night and just by constant people there it's like Mac were on top of the whole game it was just a case of when or not if and they got it and fair play to that I mean at the start of the season who would have said Simon Macclesfield would be at the top two uh, in the last month of the season well I think someone actually tweeted a picture of the early season league table I think one game I think it was and it was Macclesfield Sutton yeah at the top two I, was, I looked at it I thought yeah, I can't remember that but it was just bizarre I remember when it came down to like, what, what I mean it wasn't the, cause it was a midweek game but I um, wasn't early night but we came down to our place at the beginning of the season we got again two late goals to win the game you know and just thinking that's a massive result but at the same time kick off the first day of the season it's like nah it won't be Sutton and Macclesfield up there you know, we'll we'll both be you know happy mid table kind of thing, but they're played both clubs. I think it was a nice big joke on the opening day of the season because obviously we had the early kickoff and we we went one nil up. We're top of the league, haha! Isn't it funny? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's March. It's well, it's nearly yeah. April. It's not so funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, the, the jokes. The whole like the you know everyone's a, was kind of waiting for Tramit to push yeah. on, and when they beat us three one just for Christmas, thought this is it. They're going to push on now, but they just never have. No, I mean Wrexham. I mean obviously they're, they're doing all right, but they're five what five points behind us. I mean Wrexham again, just they're a good team, but just they can't win games. I think and then they're good. They're big clubs and everything and all that, and they're good teams, but they just over course of the season just us and ourselves and Macclesfield have proven ourselves so far obviously there's still what seven games to go you know, so a lot could change still um, that we are we deserve to be where we deserve to be both us both but, ourselves yeah. and Mac yeah, and we and it's this weekend is going to be a, a big, big weekend. Um, we've got well, a side that Doz is quite a pains to say is not a bogey side, Maidenhead. I mean, even before Doz, we never did well. York Road is one of those places you just never have done well. I think I can remember two wins ever, one of those was against Hazen Yedin. So and it's it's never but again, records are there to be broken. You know, who is there to end? I think this team is good enough to get the result if needs be. Well, it needs to be. But we, we, we can get a result on tomorrow, I think. I think, yeah, I think we're good enough to do it. If we focus, we'll do it. Yep, and then we've got the TV match against Bromley. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of glad this is games on TV just because I'm not able to make it. All right. Like, oh, I'm going to miss it because I've got work. I've got to be up for work at six for work the next morning. I don't get home until one most match days. Ouch. <laughs> go back to, but I go back to the travelling. It's to getting home at one o'clock. It's the killer. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I've given this game... Get a good game to skip. Like, oh, it's on TV. Now I've just got to persuade the nice barman of Swansea City Centre that watching the Sun versus Bromley on three o'clock back Holiday Monday won't kill their won't kill their clientele. It's I think again, Bromley I've been looking too much towards Wembley as far as I'm concerned. They've they've got Wembley in the bag. They they're not gonna go up, they're not going up, they're not going down. They're thinking about Wembley, I think again, not don't take it too lightly, but I think that's three points there. Um uh, potentially if we again 
if we don't take it lightly, if we treat the game the way it should be treated, that's three points. I think it's only just last week though their faint playoff hopes were finally extinguished. Yeah. I mean, I think again they've got they've got to the FA Trophy final. Yeah, I mean the heads are raised. They've they've got a trip to Wembley, you know, and fair play again, fair play to Bromley. They're not a yeah, they're you know they're a club similar size to us. So seeing them do do things in the league is also good. Um, in a way to shock up the, the big boys but they've got a trip to one they're not going to be so focused on beating Sutton hopefully I mean obviously they, it's, a local, it's a local derby and they'll be, it's going to be difficult but I think with one, they've then got home one eye towards Wembley but that's two eyes on the league tri- on the league title I think we should be getting a win there and our home record at Spromley is actually rather good so you know yeah so Hopefully, we've come out of our weekend with um, a good six points and with only five games to go. The, the running is looking very, very good. I mean, unfortunately, just look at, looking at Macclesfield's running, they've got Woking on Friday and we all know that Woking are not very good. And they've also got Chester at home on Monday. So I can't see much. I can't, I can't see Mac not getting maximum points either. But you never know. Um, Chester might have to be buoyed by our game and think yeah. they do it. And, and Woking just might shut the world. You know, apparently Mac will have a very poor record at Woking. So you never know. That might have been the part of the master plan, the Chester game, is give, give them this hope so they go to Macclesfield yeah. and. <laughs> Yeah, again, again, it's a local derby as well, Matt. Matt, the Chester's a local derby, isn't it? So, yeah. Again, there's, there's pride to pay for. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'll leave it there and we'll um, hopefully we'll all wave to you on, on, on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and seen, as we see ourselves as um, three lovely points on Bank Holiday Monday, it'd be fantastic. That'd you know, be lovely. Six yes. points, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, take care and safe travels tomorrow thank you very much take care yes thank you very much Jared now time for a song this is The Weird Things they're from Croydon and this is their song Dirty Dog
that was Dirty Dog by The Weird Things. Their Facebook page is at The Weird Things 1234, or obviously all their details and the video of that song will be on the blog post which accompanies the episode. Now I think it's time for my second guest. Okay, so now joining me is our esteemed chairman, Mr. Bruce Elliott. Um, how are you today? I'm very well, busy as ever, but uh, yeah, not too bad for an old person, thank you. <laughs> AB mentioned a few weeks ago, which I'm sure um, some people have heard, and a lot of people know, a lot of our older supporters obviously know, but some of our younger supporters wouldn't necessarily know that you are a supporter long long before you became on the board long before you were on the chair well not long um you were a chairman you you were a supporter first and foremost um yeah absolutely right i uh, um, my dad used to bring me down to watch games um in the 60s um people can work that out for themselves now um but yeah i, I was a supporter um got involved in the supporters club committee and uh, then was asked to sit on the management committee of the football club and it's all gone from there and I've been chairman for over 20 years for my sins so uh, it's, uh, I see it's it's a full-time job but then normal jobs you get paid for doing it don't you and <laughs> as you know Mike everybody's a volunteer at Sutton United and uh, you know that's how we like it and no airs or graces everybody just cracks on and gives it their best shot for the for the love of the football club. Well, yeah, this is it. This is things that a lot of people don't realise is everyone is pretty much a volunteer at the club. And we we seem to retain a really loyal core support. A lot of the people I've been speaking to have been supporting the club for 20, 30, AB and for AK, 40 odd years. How do you think it fosters the family atmosphere that people just feel so at home? I think it's a huge contributory factor, to be perfectly honest. Now, everybody says that uh, at clubs, not just football clubs, but clubs generally, continuity is is one of the words that people always think is quite important. And I think we show that where we possibly can off on the pitch, but particularly off the pitch, where, as you rightly say, there's so many people you 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 sit at a director's meeting or you could sit at a management committee meeting now and you know appreciate that probably 75 percent of the people sitting around the table were sitting with you 20 years ago i mean it's unbelievable really the continuity at the club but i think that helps the stability of it i think you know it's people who hopefully know what they're doing albeit they're doing it as a hobby but I think the continuity helps tremendously. And I think this is where a lot of clubs do lack that continuity. You know, you go and see a club one year and then you don't recognise anybody a year later. Um, and I think that's a shame. But we've been very, very lucky over the years to, to keep all those people involved. And, and that's, a, you know, the club is about people and people obviously enjoy their involvement and are very happy to give up their time you know, to make sure that club continues. Touching on one of the things I was going to mention, a lot we've seen a lot of clubs, local clubs, go for the boom and bust over the years. And we've been, in my opinion, correctly and rightly, a little bit slower and just plodding along a little bit. And I used to always say when Kingston were doing so well, for example, everyone said, oh, you should support Kingston. I was like, well, I know my club will be there in 20 years' time at playing at a similar level. I know we're not going to suddenly do great for a few seasons and then drop for many, many seasons. Do you think that's a fair sort of assessment of, of the way you guys do things? You, you plan long-term rather than a few years down the line? Yes, I think so. Um, most accountants are plodders, so I'll put myself in that category. Um, but, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly how it's worked for us. It, it's a stable situation. The continuity, as I say, is excellent. 
And I think we've tried to progress step by step. But don't underestimate how much of it in recent years has been down to Paul Doswell's involvement, you know, because he's not just the manager. Um, he's all the, all the other things as well wrapped up into one. And, uh, you know, he's been absolutely unbelievable for this football club. So, you know, although there has been the stability there um, and the continuity, um, I, I think he, he sort of relit the fire a little bit. I think, you know, when he came to us, and, you know, my wonderful story, which is absolutely true, is he interviewed us. And as a result of the interview, he appointed us as his club. <laughs> and, you know, that, that, that's that's almost absolutely spot on as to what happened. And ever since, it's been a roller coaster ride. We liken it to being on a train and that train's been getting a little bit faster every year. Um, but don't underestimate what a huge, huge impact he made when he arrived and has continued to make in 10 years since he joined us. Funny enough, that's what I was going to go with. Um, it's 10 years ago, we were standing still, pedalling backwards slowly. And um, obviously, we've appointed DOS. Um, I wrote roller coaster and then I crossed it out. And I thought, well, it's not quite a roller coaster because it's a very upward trajectory that we've had in the last, well, nine seasons and this season as well. Um, we've had two championships, four playoff places in, in the nine years, and obviously this year to, to go as well. So it has been just success after success. <laughs> have you kept up with all the players, the revolving door? Have you? <laughs> How do you keep on top of that? Well, you you just do, don't you? I mean, I think it's settled down over the last couple of years very well. But, you know, Doz is, is the type of manager who will sign a player. And, you know, if he doesn't do the business, then, you know, he gets a fair crack. But, you know, if he's still not doing the business for us, then obviously he'll move on. And, you know, you can argue that till the cows come home. Um, you know, why would you continue paying somebody that he's not putting in every effort? But I think over the last few years, you know, Doz knows his players, you know, the research and the, the time and the information that he gathers about a potential new signing is not to be underestimated. You know, it's a very, very thorough process. And, you know, although they may not realise it, they're being vetted probably in many cases for some time before they're actually, you know, asked if they want to join us. And, um, you know, it's no different from the pre-match preparation that Doz and Bairdy and the whole of the management team go through. I mean, I've had the privilege of, you know, standing, listening, particularly away games where, you know, we're staying at a hotel or we've stopped off at a hotel before a game. And, you know, he says we'll pop into the pre-match talk and you know the detail um that he and the others have gone to they know every player on the opposition they know you know who the best players are they know the weaknesses and the preparation is just absolutely unbelievable for a club at our level and that has to have helped hugely with the results and knowing the opposition and uh, you know those days of well we don't worry about the opposition we just worry about ourselves i think probably are a bit antiquated this professionalism has, has made the the last nine years very much so but particularly last three years and um, to coincide with the season tickets and um, i think i think it was ab that used the, the phrase perfect storm it was we've done the, the season ticket launch we had a great season in the conference house and last year obviously with the, the cup run and this year with a, a real tilt at the championship just been amazing what were your first thoughts when someone suggested the season ticket being a very very cheap price 
Well, there's been a few things over the years that people have suggested, and I've sort of thought to them myself, I'm not sure about that. I think it was a risk, if I'm being honest, you know, tend to be a little bit conservative and, um, you know, a little bit cautious sometimes, and I make no apology for that. But at the end of the day, it was, you know, something that we sat and discussed for some time. There was a risk involved. There wasn't a huge risk looking back on it because we didn't have that many season ticket holders. And I can't remember the exact number, but it certainly wasn't anything like the number that we've got now. So we took a big risk um, and that risk paid off. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But certainly in that particular instance, it's been absolutely unbelievable, the number of season tickets. And AB is the one who has totally masterminded that We've had other clubs copy us, which is always quite nice, secretly. There's been one or two other clubs have copied us. But, of course, it only works if you have one person just banging on about <laughs> it all the time. And this is where AB comes into his own. You know, if you've ever watched him do strike as a key, you know exactly where he's coming from <laughs> as a salesman. And those are season tickets. You can announce season tickets at whatever price you like. But if you don't promote it, if you don't put it on the website, if you don't bang it into people and have a table for at the Gander Green Lane entrance and then in the bar, you know, if you're not banging that drum hard enough, people don't know about it. But he's, he's done an absolutely unbelievable job for this football club in getting the season ticket sales to the numbers that they've been. And, uh, you know, it, it's hugely added to the atmosphere at games and, you know, the peripheral spend of those people who bought maybe bought a cheap season ticket, but also then will come to matches, hopefully enjoy the experience and inevitably have a pint in the bar or maybe buy a burger and, you know, or a programme. And uh, that peripheral spend has been good for us. That's what it's about, getting the people through the gate and then they'll be spending extra in the club shop everywhere, as you say. Just touch on last season, obviously, huge highlight, the um, the Arsenal game. For me, um, I, although I started supporting the, the team in the year of the Coventry match, it was actually um, only just before the Coventry match, so I very cleverly decided that I wasn't a proper supporter at that time and decided not to go to it and let other people go. And then waited almost 30 years for another tilt at a top flight club. Just a surreal, amazing, very odd experience for me as a supporter, but it must have been crazy for you. Yeah, I think that's one <laughs> word you could use. It it was. I mean, you know, in a way, you're still pinching yourself. It was us, wasn't it, that that happened to? Yeah, I mean, there were so many high spots. You actually end up sort of almost they're merging one into another. And every day there were interviews you know, there's there's press days. There's there was just so much going on with sponsors. There was you know lunches to organise. The list was absolutely endless. And I mean, I was virtually I kept going to work, but ending up doing sort of most of the days on football business. Um, and you know, it was quite surreal, really. Um, the highlight for me though was the final whistle against Leeds. Um, and that's because, well, for the obvious reason, but mainly because that was the first time this club had ever got into the fifth round proper. And obviously we didn't know at that time we were going to draw Arsenal. But, I mean, it, it was quite stressful. It was hugely tiring. Um, you know, there were some things that we got wrong and we've held a hand up on that. Um, you know, one or two things weren't quite as we would have liked, but 
overall, I think, you know, all of my colleagues did an unbelievable job, bearing in mind most of them have got day jobs and they're fitting it in around all their other activities. Yeah, there were people taking holidays and their annual leave to come and do things. I think that was well known amongst, obviously, the, the core supporters that one of the big worries, um, I think AD mentioned, was the, the tickets um, for the Arsenal game. There was a little bit of um, worry that some people weren't going to get them, but everyone was generally positive going, look, it will get sorted out. It's going, I know there's worries, but it's going to get sorted out. And it was, um, I'm sure, as I said to AD yeah. as well, if there was someone who hadn't had a ticket, we would definitely have heard about it. But it was, it was work with the sponsors. I think some of the sponsors gave tickets back. Was that correct? Or Yeah, that's right. I had the unenviable job of, um, uh, of being there on, that, I think it was a Sunday when we were selling tickets. And, you know, we realised sort of halfway through, we, we, we haven't got enough here. That was one of the mistakes we made. Um, you know, you do live and learn. We hadn't actually done that before. Uh, we'd done it for the Leeds and the AFC Wimbledon games, but it worked really well. And we naively thought that the same sort of rules should apply. What we didn't realise is that, you know, you, you expect it to be on a similar sort of level as the previous Cup games, all sell-out crowds. But Arsenal just took it to a different yeah. <laughs> height, really. And, um, you know, I was the one that had to actually say to the people in the queue, well, I'm sorry, but... You know, we, 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 we've done two tickets per person. Um, now it's got to reduce to one. And um, uh, I luckily didn't get lynched. Uh, <laughs> I have to fend off a few people, one in particular that upset me, and uh, I gave as good as I got. But everybody else, you know, I think was actually quite sympathetic um, and realised that what we were doing here is, is trying to be as fair as possible um, having seen that perhaps we hadn't quite got it right in the first place. But, you know, I'm a great believer that if you get something wrong, you hold your hand up, you try and do something about it. We had that shortfall of tickets, and you're absolutely right. That's exactly what happened. We approached some of the sponsors, and, you know, we managed to find... And if anybody to this day says that they queued up that day and didn't get a ticket, then that's their own fault, because, you know, we made sure that everybody had queued up that day ended up with the ticket that they were entitled to. Um, but it, it did take some it did take some cajoling. It yeah. did take a bit of time to get it sorted. But I think we got there in the end. And, you know, you can only do your best, can't you? No, of course. So, absolutely. It's, um... Um, and I think it worked out okay. But we were never, ever going to be able to satisfy everybody. No, you know? of course not. Um, and um, everyone wanted I mean I, I literally had calls and Facebook messages and all sorts of things people said oh can you get me a ticket and I was like yeah I will definitely get you a ticket for the Boreham Wood FA Cup trophy match which is in the same week you can come to that but the Arsenal match no you can forget it there's not a chance even if the tickets were available you're not coming down here during the week so therefore you're not coming down here at all as far as I was concerned um, well, I have this wonderful story, and this is a true story, and this is really going to show my age. But, And it wasn't me that took the phone call, but I always remember one of the, the guys on the committee when we played Leeds the first time. So I am going back a long way. Yep. We lost 6-0 in the FA Cup fourth round. And basically, there's a supporter who phoned up and said, look, you know, I'm a regular supporter. How do I get a ticket? You know, all the usual questions. And when told that it was priority for this section and that section, um, said, OK, fine. Thanks very much for all your help. And by the way, how do you get to the ground? <laughs> now, 
you know, that's that's rich, isn't it? Coming yeah. from apparently a so-called. Yeah. So that's what you have to cope with. Um, and I, I, as I say, I think in the end it probably worked out okay, but uh, it was not without its traumas. And if we ever had that lovely position again, we will have learned from that. Um, but I think the nice thing about it, Mike, is that basically I, I hope that people feel as though we we did our best and that we tried to satisfy all the regular supporters, all the supporters club members, all the vice presidents, all the people who've supported us. That was the intention. That includes sponsors as well. I make no apology for that. But actually what I think has happened, and I was saying to in the Radio London interview I did the other day, that the nice thing about the cup run is that normally people just go back into their shell and you don't see them again. But I think one of the reasons why we've managed to sell our season tickets, get the average attendance up quite dramatically is because I actually think we held on to a lot of those people that came to the cup games and they've stayed with us. And that's quite unusual um, for clubs like ours. Normally, if I may put it this way, they jump on the bandwagon and when the cup runs over, you don't see them again. But I think we, we've been very lucky that people seem to enjoy it they realise that we did our best to satisfy all the demands for tickets. And, you know, they've looked at it and thought, well, for £100-plus, pounds, I can have a season ticket to watch football at a decent level when perhaps my first team, whether it be Chelsea or Fulham or AFC, are perhaps not always at home and certainly in the Premiership situation are not playing at Saturday at 3 o'clock. And I think we've become, we've been adopted by a lot of football supporters locally as their second team we're not too proud to to, to be their <laughs> second team <laughs> well we so, we might be their second well. team but what's happening with them is um a lot of them are bringing their kids along because you can go to chelsea of course you can but you're very unlikely to be going to chelsea with your two three children um whereas with us you can bring the kids along come in they're running all right. They might be running around playing football, some of them, but they're there and they're watching and they've been part of the atmosphere and they're the ones who are going to be saying, actually, Sutton's my club. So yeah. it, there is a longer term benefit to it. Well, they're, which... exactly. They are our supporters of the future. And don't underestimate where the 3G has come in because lots of these kids are coming down for the coaching courses run by Jamie. And, you know, they, they come and they play on that same pitch and never underestimate that, you know, what a wonderful experience that is, that is for the kids and the mascots and everybody else. You know, they're coming down during the week maybe and, and playing on the same pitch and therefore, you know, very comfortable about coming to a first team game with their parents perhaps and, and watching the first team and that seems to work really well and I think that's another one of the reasons why we've managed to get the season ticket sales, the attendance is up because people are coming down during the week and are thinking well we're part of this football club let's go and see them on Saturday and they're playing at a decent level and in many cases playing ex-football league clubs that you know lots of people have heard of. Yeah that's a definite benefit when you start playing against teams that oh hang on I know them but yeah the, I've, I've said that before about the kids playing on that pitch that's their pitch um, whether they turn out to be players for us, for other teams, whatever that that's their pitch. They played on that pitch. They played at that ground. And it's just a little thing. I, I did a trial on the ground many, many years ago. I was never good enough. But still, I played on the pitch. That's my that's my ground. 
Um, yeah. So it's yeah. definitely a little seed for the future there. I will swing back to the pitch because I do have some just a little questions. Um, but I was going to say there was a quote that I dug up um, from the end of last season, start of this season. And um, you said that our plans for this season was to establish ourselves and stay in the National League. Correct. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> well, it seems to be going quite well, actually. In fact, I would go so far as to say it's probably exceeded our expectations. Um, that was exactly what the, 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 the aim was for this season. Second season syndrome. Doz was the first one to mention it. Always difficult in your second season in a new league, particularly, you know, this league that we're in, the National League, where there's some serious full-time football clubs. Let's get to that 50-52 points. Well, I think we had them by about Christmas. So you always want to get off to a good start. We've managed just to keep that going throughout the season, and I think we're probably still pinching ourselves a little bit. But he's got a great management team behind him, and he's got a great squad of players. And although we you know, had a slightly larger squad, courtesy of the cup run last year um you know i think that's held us in good stead but you know you've got to look and and i think they played some of the best football i've ever seen from a southern team this season and again another reason why people keep coming back to watch them because you know there's every chance they're going to see some decent football absolutely and i think frakey said that for years and years i've been saying the um 80 i think he said the 87 88 team was the best team he ever saw and he said i think this team has surpassed it um which is from what's he on getting on for 50 years himself as a supporter so um that's definitely definitely the feeling amongst lots of people obviously the pitch was a worry. Well, for us, I, I believe you guys had a plan um, all along, but it was a worry. And But one of the things I certainly was most proud of as a supporter is most people, the worry wasn't just, oh, well, if we get promoted, we'll use the pit, we'll go to a grass pitch. It was, well, what's happening to all the other teams? What's happening to the community team? What's going to happen to the kids' teams, the academies? So for me, it was nice to sort of read that actually it's one club. It's not just we're worried about the first team and that's it. And it was first team supporters worried about all the other things did you did you get that feeling did you i know you guys worry about it but did you realize the supporters were having that as uppermost in their thoughts yes i i think it's fairly logical to be thinking that way i think one of the problems has been that we've had so many balls in the air this season you know as the season has worn on you know we 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 had totally different conversations around the christmas time because we said well there's a long way to go yet let's just wait and see let's not panic at the same time you need to be prepared and you know there's been so much work going on behind the scenes from a lot of people including Doz, to find out you know what's on the market find out what the options are you know, is this something we could do? Is that something we can do? Looking at all those things to see what actually is going to be best for this football club. And it has been quite worrying. You know, we've had various dilemmas. You know, you want to win every football match. Of course you do. But you don't want to lose what we've built up over the last few years. And we as a club must at this moment in time be in a totally unique situation in football in this country no other club has been has had to wrestle with the sort of concerns that we've had about trying to keep our community um, keep all the benefits but at the same time if that opportunity arose to actually take promotion because we may never have that chance again you can't possibly turn it down 
um, it would destroy the whole ethos of what we've been trying to achieve. So therefore, you're looking at what is going to be best for not only the first team, but as you rightly say, you know, all the other, the disability, the academy, you know, the girls' teams, the ladies' teams, the list is endless. And that's what we've built up. And we want to make sure as far as we possibly can that that doesn't get destroyed if we got promoted. Reading um, Dossie's tweets mostly, um, suggestion is the, the hybrid pitch is sort of 25, 30 hours a week and then there's a 3G hopefully in the Collingwood, is that? The... Well, that's one option. Um, I've told Dos that I don't think he should never have got onto Twitter, <laughs> but that's another story. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, look, if we put down um, a hybrid pitch, which is the latest um, suggestion, it may give it. It will qualify for EFL, and it may give us 20, 25 hours a week usage. So that's a good start. Uh, we've talked to the council, who've been very supportive and very encouraging to us. Um, but I don't know whether that would be a possibility. But we are in discussions with the council about the recreation ground. We've also talked to one or two other uh, local clubs. Well, actually, not football clubs, but a school in particular. Um, we've also talked to one of the colleges locally. And, you know, what we're doing at the moment is looking for what is going to be the best thing in the event of us getting promoted um, for uh, the additional hours that we need, whether that's on another hybrid grass pitch or whether it's on a 3G somewhere. You know, we're not that far advanced. So we are keeping all the balls in the air because it's essential that we try and get the decision as correct as possible. And obviously money comes into it um, and there's all sorts of factors that come into it. But that is firmly the intention. Um, and obviously we just need to, to know what those options are. Right. And so there's no chance of seeing you on Twitter soon then, no? Oh, good grief, no. <laughs> I've got a mobile phone, though. You've so. got a mobile phone, a new one, or still that oh, same no, one? No, from... I didn't say a new one. I just okay. said a mobile phone. But, um, no, I don't think you'll catch me twittering. No. <laughs> well, I've done plenty of that in this interview probably already. But, not not um... at all. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I mean, it's, it's really been enlightening. It's really, really good. And I will hopefully have you on again. Um, maybe as a as a fan rather than a chairman, and have you do that side of the interview, which could be fun. I think but they're what... one and the same, actually. <laughs> well, you you had your chairman hat on today, but we'll 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 get you to take 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 that off another time and, and say no no just just the football side. Um, but yeah, thank you very very much, and I will okay. I, I won't be uh, a maidenhead, but I'll be, see you at Bromley, I'm sure. Okay. And, uh, hope you get a fairly stress free few weeks, and then you get the summer to rest. <laughs> I think you're, by your laugh, you realise that that's not likely to be happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think Dave one year. Yeah, I think Dave put one year uh, all the things he was doing through the summertime, and it went on on the on the off season, which uh, which got a nice little chuckle a few times from people as well. <laughs> so well, I think there is a body of opinion, and it's it's probably not far out actually. That um, you know, it's almost as busy, if not busier during the summer sometimes yeah. um, than it is during the season. You know, once the season's set up, it sort of tends to roll on a little bit, but um, we'll see. Look, it's exciting times, isn't it, for the club, and 
obviously, if people are enjoying it, then that's what it's all about. That may have been a little bit behind um, Dossie's tweets about the pitch of people sort of worrying about, oh, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's like, look, yeah. stop. There's plans. Don't worry about it. Stop worrying. Let's start enjoying ourselves because it, it's in our nature to be sort of pessimistic a little bit. And it's a case of, no, no, let's just enjoy this. It may, as you say, never, ever happen again. So let's enjoy it while it, while we've got it. And um, the last seven games, let's really push on and hope for the best. I agree with that. Having said that, it's, it, you know, we've been quite conscious of wanting to make sure that, you know, when we do give out information, that, you know, five minutes later, it's not going to be redundant and changed again. Yeah. It's been happening over the last few weeks. Almost every day, there's been another idea, another possibility that we've had to investigate. And I think that's why, if there are a few people thinking, well, they've been a bit dilatory or more dilatory than normal in giving out details and uh, keeping everybody up to date, it's been purely and simply not that we're trying to keep anything secret, but it's just that at every turn it keeps changing. And, you know, in the end, people would say, well, look, I'll tell you what, don't keep putting out too much information. When you know what's going on and it's reasonably definite, then make an announcement. And I think that's what we've been sort of hoping to get to that situation. So, Thank you very, very much. No problem um, at all. Take care. Yes, thank you indeed to both Bruce and Jared for their time and their thoughts. Also, thank you very much to all the artists who've allowed me to use their music. As always, it's very much appreciated. If you've enjoyed any of it, please do support them in some way. You can find all their social media links on www.suttonpodcast.co.uk and in the Featured Artists section. Before we finish up today, I'd just like to say congratulations to our Sutton United Hunters community team who've reached an FA People's Cup final. In a very rare case of forward planning, I'd actually arrange for Steve King to be on the show next week, so we should be able to talk about that fantastic achievement. Well done to all involved. To play us out today is Scott Swain with his single It's Too Late. You can find out more about him at scottswainmusic.com or, as usual, the information will be on the website. Safe trip to anyone who's travelling to Maidenhead tomorrow. I hope you bring back the three points, and I will see you at the Bromley match. Take care. Bye-bye.
switched on for the thousand ships No vessels will return In the meantime Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.